Cognitive biases are assumptions and judgments and errors that our brains automatically make without us even knowing it's happening. They're like automatic mental shortcuts. But the problem is they could be messing with your marriage without either of you even realizing it. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is designed to help busy couples like yourselves move away from conflict and unhappiness to build a marriage you'll love today and treasure for a lifetime. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Learn how you can help save marriages, prevent divorces, and keep families intact by going to oyf.support. Once again, that website is oyf.support. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Valinda Simone Gundel from Only You Forever. Welcome to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you're looking for. We have a brainy episode for you this week. Yeah. Yeah, you can tell you wrote it. This is episode number 229, and today we're going to be talking about cognitive biases in marriage. This is about how your brain gets in the way of your connection with one another and how to deal with that. Hey there, before we get started, if you missed last week's episode, we discussed how to make the most of an unhappy marriage. That's worth going back and checking out. And do make sure you hit that subscribe button on your podcast player so you don't miss any upcoming shows from us. If you're struggling with your marriage, we offer sound research-based advice. And most of all, we offer hope. So let's get into the topic of cognitive biases in marriage. Indeed. What is cognitive bias? Well, it's much more interesting than it sounds like it is. Mm -hmm. So these are assumptions and judgments and errors which our brains automatically make without us knowing. Now, often there are shortcuts that the brain takes to help us process information and kind of evaluate situations or make decisions more quickly. So that's that's why we have them and why they're there is because it's like, it's sort of the instant connection to stuff, right? Okay. They're not necessarily bad and not a sign of mental illness either, but the cognitive biases do kick in or get stronger when we're stressed or when we're experiencing anxiety and depression. Okay. If you think about it as like, it's a little efficiency thing. So whenever your brain has a lot of energy going to other stuff, it's more likely to use the most efficient route, mm. which is the cognitive bias to quickly okay. come to conclusions, right? Okay. Often they're useful. So the snap decisions that we make when we're evaluating people, first impressions, all that kind of stuff, a lot of that and our sort of knee-jerk responses to things that others say, mm -hmm. often they're just, they come through so quick because they go through this cognitive bias, which is sort of like this pre-programmed shortcut, right? Okay. So we just have one of them or? No, we have lots of them. Okay. And and uh, so we're going to go over three or four today, I think, and then a few again next week. But there's actually, uh, I think there's like a couple dozen or more overall, but it's it's just hard to find ones where there's research tied to marriage situations. And oh, that's what gotcha. we wanted to speak to in particular. Okay. Yeah. So they can sometimes influence our thinking in unhelpful ways. And because it's a shortcut, you don't really know that it's happening. And that's why we oh, wanted to okay. talk about it today, just to bring our awareness to it. It can impact all areas of life, including marriage. So we want to really know about them and why they happen and how they affect us and what to do about it. Okay. So you're not necessarily defaulting into something that's not helpful for your marriage. So the first one uh, is actually two of them we're going to do together. And they're called, uh, one is called the spotlight effect and the other is called the illusion of transparency. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? That mm -hmm. just sounds so geeky. The spotlight effect and the illusion of transparency. Is there anything wrong with geeky for Linda? No, I married it. It? <laughs> it came with the package. <laughs> okay, so the spotlight effect is the tendency for people to overestimate the extent to which they believe that others see and attend to their external ex appearance. Oh, so I think that teenage girls thrive on the spotlight effect. Or they definitely overestimate the extent to which yeah. 
they're thinking others are noticing how they look. Yes. Yes. We have three teenage girls. Uh-huh. We're like the spotlight effect family. <laughs> but, it's, but it's not just our girls. Like we can't throw our girls under the bus here, but no. like you see it all the time. Yes, indeed. And, and you know, there's sometimes I've heard of situations where women are like, do I look fat in this? I missed a being in a movie or something. Caleb. Anyways. But we all know that the wrong answer is saying, well, just suck it in. <laughs> I must have seen that in the same oh, movie, maybe. Okay, okay, let's keep moving here. <laughs> So essentially, it means that you expect people to notice things about you, like how you look, and and also to notice the things you do. So, I mean, let's bring this back to the general context of marriage. Okay. The note, you expect people to notice like how you look and the things you do, both good and bad, and you expect them to notice that far more than they actually do. Yes, yes. So this was originally tested by, um, because I'm not sure how to say his name, Gilovich at all, in 2000 by asking study participants to walk through a crowded cafeteria while wearing an embarrassing t-shirt. Mm. This is the wonderful world of psychology research. And the participants expected that everyone would notice them and judge them for wearing a silly shirt. But in actual fact, hardly anyone noticed or cared. Mm -hmm. So that's overestimating the extent to which others notice your parents. And that's the spotlight effect. So you think assuming, you're in the spotlight. Yes, precisely. Now, the illusion of transparency is similar, but it has to do with our thoughts rather than our appearance okay. or our outward actions. So that's the tendency for people to overestimate the extent to which their internal thoughts and feelings and attitudes leak out and are seen by others. So in other words, we expect others to be able to read our thoughts and emotions a lot more clearly than they actually do. Hmm. Again, another, you know, I've heard about that in, in movies and stuff too. <laughs> so this is also sometimes called the mind reading bias because we expect people to be able to read our minds much more accurately than they really can. Yeah. The illusion of transparency. It, it's the assumption that you can see into me. So why would I have to explain that? Do you know what? I heard one time this guy was talking and he was talking about like, what if you had a screen on the back of your head and that people could see what you were thinking? Yeah. And I like often will check to make sure I have hair on the back of my head really? <laughs> once in a while. Yes. I was like, <gasps> what if somebody could see that? Yeah. You need to see a therapist. About that. <laughs> that's like, it must have traumatized you. Yeah, pretty much. Anyways. So that, I mean, that's not quite the same thing because you're talking about like, it's a bias. I expect you to be able to read my mind, so it's not like I you're have assuming a you have a screen in your forehead. <laughs> <laughs> so why this happens is that our actions and thoughts and appearance are more obvious to us than they are to others. Yes, like they're obviously. so apparent apparent to me. It just, because I just, know exactly what I'm thinking. Right, so it must be obvious to you as well, then, right? Yeah, to you. So when we do something embarrassing, we expect it to be just as obvious to everyone else. Mm -hmm. If we do something good or succeed at something, we expect everyone else to notice and can become annoyed when they don't. Mm -hmm. I can, you can already see, see this playing out in marriage, right? Or mm -hmm. when we see something in a certain way, like have a perspective on an issue, mm -hmm. it's abundantly clear to us and we expect others to be just as clear, just as lucid about it as we are. But maybe they are, but in a different way. Or maybe they're not. It's possible too. Mm -hmm. What? Well, this makes it sound like we expect others to be just as intelligent as we are. No, no, no. Oh, I see what you're saying. It's not about intelligence. It's uh, it's about perspective. So just see it the same way that I see it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so how does this impact marriage? Well, it can lead to increased anxiety because you're thinking possibly that your spouse is scrutinizing your appearance and thoughts. And that can lead to high anxiety to overcompensating by trying to mask your emotions. So for example, I have to look my best all the time or my spouse will notice and think I'm not making any effort. Not all of these impact everybody. Okay. Like every bias 
everybody has these biases, mm-hmm. but the examples will differ from person to person. Okay. Okay. Or if he or she notices that I'm upset, it'll upset him or her too. So I need to make sure it doesn't show. I need to hide my emotions because they're so obvious. They must be obvious. That's the spotlight effect. Okay. And then it can lead to f- what? But I kind of feel like, you know, if you never put any effort into how you look. Yeah. Like, I don't think that's fair to your spouse to look like a slob all the time. Or, you know, to be over the top with your emotions. Yeah. Because, yeah, that's going to upset your spouse. Like, if I come at you completely not dialed in or toned down or... Yeah. So, I'm not saying you have to hide them, but I think you could go the opposite and say, oh, so I need to make sure it shows. Does that make any sense? It does make sense. I'm just trying to... I'm having a little hard time connecting it to the cognitive bias. Okay. So let's play this through and then see if we need to come back to that. Okay. So another way it can impact marriage is it can lead to feeling unappreciated. So thinking that your experiences are obvious to your spouse, that's easy enough to do. Yeah. Like expecting that you will know and observe what I'm going through. Right. And when you don't, then I feel unappreciated. Uh, yeah. So that's yeah. how the bias plays out. So he, he didn't even notice my new hairstyle or I was obviously upset and he or she didn't even ask why. So it's more like the expectation of a response that comes with the bias. Yes. Like a reaction to my hairdo or a reaction to my emotions, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it can also contribute to poor conflict resolution. So thinking that your grievances are obvious to your spouse, right? So I expect you to see what I'm thinking, how I see this issue. Yeah. That can lead to conflict avoidance or passive aggressive behavior. So if it's like, I shouldn't have to tell him why I'm upset. It should be obvious to him. Well, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> obviously inside your head. That's the, that's the bias, right? Okay. Is this making sense now? Mm-hmm. So what can you do about it? Well, like, the first thing is obvious is to say what you're thinking. Because the illusion right. of transparency is that it's it's visible, but like it's not actually as visible as you think. So that's where we need to put words to it. Okay. Instead of assuming your spouse already knows, say what you're actually thinking. And then on the spotlight effect, you can work on shifting your focus away from yourself as well, mm-hmm. instead of being so kind of concerned with that. Like both of these biases are correlated with spending a lot of time thinking about your own thoughts and your own appearance during social interactions. So... When you shift your attention to think about your spouse's perspective, that helps you avoid getting stuck in your own self-perception. Okay. So the answer is to to kind of give words to what your experience is, mm-hmm. but also to be more focused on others and on, in marriage context on your spouse than on yourself. Okay. Well, that right. makes sense, I think. Yeah. And once again, we created a bonus guide for our supporters. Uh, thank you guys so much for supporting us month to month. This guide will help you confront your own thinking patterns. And you'll actually be doing a little bit of CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy work in the bonus guide in order to capture what's happening in your mind and then redirect that towards healthier thinking. So if you want to engage in this brain changing exercise, you can get it by becoming a patron of the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. And we'll just take a quick 60-second break here to tell you more about that. What happens when the fairy tale marriage meets reality? Too often, high expectations lead to disappointment, communication breaks down, and the struggles of day-to-day life become overwhelming, leaving you feeling lost and without hope. Unfortunately, marriage does not come with an instruction manual. Marriage troubles are deeply personal and can take a toll on you, your spouse, and your family. Counseling can be expensive and divorce is very costly. It doesn't have to be this way. Caleb and Valinda understand your pain and frustration. Their mission is to help save as many marriages as possible. And to date, thousands of couples are helped through their weekly podcast. But the most important marriage they want to help save is yours. 
With a minimum of a $10 investment a month, you gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Learn more about saving marriages and how you can help at OYF.support. That's OYF.support. You're listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. Before the break, we were talking about two similar biases called the spotlight effect and the illusion of transparency. And now let's talk about the availability heuristic. Heuristic. Did I say that right? I have no idea. You're asking me if you said a nerdy word, right? I don't know if you're supposed to say the H or not. In Newfoundland, no. In Newfoundland, you don't? No. If there's not an H, you say If there's not an H, you say the H. Okay. (laughs) The availability uh, heuristic. Heuristic. What is it? It feels so awkward saying that word. The availability heuristic. I'm going to try it without the H. Oh, no. That sounds like urine. Urine? <laughs> the availability heuristic is the tendency to make judgments and decisions based on whatever information you can quickly call to mind. Yeah. So it means okay. that the more recent events and events that were particularly unusual or extreme have a strong impact on our judgment, mm-hmm. even if they don't accurately reflect reality. So for example, if you read a news story about a violent crime, you could start to think, you know what, there's a high risk of this happening to me because it's front of mind. Or if someone you know gets diagnosed with a rare disease, you might start to worry that you or your family will get the same disease. Okay. I think the most classic example of this is psychology students. So when this, when the whole like undergrad class goes through the abnormal psychology course, it's mm-hmm. like like we all have all these diseases, so they're all diagnosing themselves, <laughs> right? Okay. Because they're so recent, so front of mind, and kind of vivid. So these strong examples in your memory they outweigh the fact that the likelihood is actually relatively low that you you know are going to be involved in a violent crime, for example, or you're going to have that rare disease. Okay. Okay. So this happens because our brains are... But what's the problem with that? Uh, we'll get there in one sec. Oh, okay. So why it happens. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. Brains are programmed to make quick decisions and snap judgments because it is, it's mentally less demanding to do that than to weigh every bit of evidence before making a decision. So it's, it's the efficient way of Again, yeah. making the decision. Okay. It, and it's the first information that comes to mind, right? Okay. Because it's recent and it's vivid. Okay. Now, a very extreme event in marriage can change your view of the entire marriage, even if that event was not a true reflection of the overall character of your marriage. So for example, okay. a single very intense fight or conflict that you have may cause you to think that your marriage is failing, even if in reality you rarely disagree. Okay. So, but I mean, this this cognitive bias works both ways. Uh, so it's easy to think of examples of good times with your spouse. And when you do, you're likely to be highly satisfied with your marriage. So when you come back from a great vacation together, mm-hmm. you're really kind of thriving on how great your marriage is. Mm-hmm. Or if you have a really nice date or evening or a good chat or so whatever. good memories. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It works both ways. But if it's easy to recall unpleasant times with your spouse, or that's been your most recent experience, then you're, you're more likely to rate your marriage as being bad or unhappy because that's, it's, it's the availability of that thought. Of that your memory. memory. Right? Okay. So this is why, partly why marital satisfaction is often kind of cyclical. So strong marriages get stronger and difficult marriages get worse. Mm -hmm. So this here, like this is why you should date regularly because then you have these pleasant memories to draw from that'll be in the forefront of your mind. Absolutely. Yeah. So you want to create those good opportunities. I think it means we should go on more holidays. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so what can I we do about... I think our bankers should get behind this too. <laughs> well, what you yeah. said is is the first thing, right? And that that's really kind of celebrating and, and being intentional about the good things, right? Mm-hmm. So keeping happy memories, but even like if we can't go on more holidays, we can still keep happy memories close by in our minds. 
and reminisce about those together, keeping photos around the house of good times or, or tokens. So of, just to yeah. bring it to the forefront of your mind. Yeah. It just helps you recall those things, right? Which leads you to feeling more satisfied with your marriage. And so then you're more likely to create more happy memories. So then we have this cycle again. Yes. And then okay. you kind of have to watch those single events where you guys have your moment and not let that distort your overall view of your marriage. So once you're aware that this bias happens, you can counteract it by slowing down your judgment and trying to think of examples that agree or disagree with the ones that are more easily springing to your mind. So if you if you had a major argument, like are you forgetting about the other six days in the week where you enjoyed being together? Okay. Right? So it's just kind of weighing it up. So is this like when this bias comes in and you're trying to make a decision or something like that? Or is this every time that the fight comes up, you need to like push it out of the way and think positive thoughts? Well, I could tell you my theory, but... What's your theory? Well, I think that you might need to think through the argument. It's not like every time this argument comes to mind, you have to push it away and only think good thoughts. Yeah. If you're ruminating over it, like you need to, I don't know, perhaps do some forgiving, perhaps have another conversation. Yeah. We had a podcast about that yeah. an episode just not too long ago about ruminating. But I don't think I don't think that it's necessarily healthy to always only think positive thoughts. Yeah. No. No, you need to be realistic. Like there is a I think there's a thing called idealistic distortion. I can't remember the exact phrase, but it's, and we see this in couples, particularly in church couples that want to help other marriages. And we're like, we have to fight this thing too, which is you tend to see your own marriage extra rosy in order to put yourself in the place of being able to help others. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and it, you know, while it's good to see and notice and remember the positives in your marriage, idealistic distortion keeps you away from facing some of the realities of what you need to deal with too. Okay. Okay. But where I think this is going, like on a more practical level, like I know that sometimes maybe some people were prone to this, but I know that sometimes like if we have a conflict, you know, in my head, uh, there's been times that I've gone to, you know what, the past three to six months, we've really been going downhill like, and you kind of freak out a lot. Okay. Over one event. And the reality is it's actually more stable and committed than that. Okay. So where do these cognitive biases come in? Like you talked about making a decision and it's the first thing that pops into your head. Can you give an example of like where this might come into play? What do you mean? Well... Like other than the marriage examples I gave or... Okay. What were the marriage examples you gave? I just feel like, okay, yeah, I can see where, you know, I think my spouse or I think everybody's looking at me. Yeah. And they're noticing everything about me. Okay, so that's a, one of the biases. And I can understand how that works. But maybe it's just this last one we're talking but about. Take, I think on that one, I do think the hair example is good. Like like the, like the fact times, that I curled my hair yesterday and it was like six or eight hours later that you noticed. Yeah, like I was actually aware of something all day, but I, I wasn't sure what it was. Okay. Right. But this, I think it's the classic small example is what would be the difference of, of saying I got my hair done or I did my hair? Because that's like boasting about yourself. <laughs> yeah. Are you not allowed to do that? Well, you're just supposed to notice. <laughs> exactly. That's the spotlight effect. Huh. So, so, and I agree, like we should, I could work on being more aware, but that's how like something that's good that you can enjoy, that we both could enjoy can turn into a marital issue too. Okay. Right? Yeah. Okay. I do think my question is mainly based on this last this one. Last we talked one? about this availability okay. heuristic. Yeah. So you talked about making decisions based on the information you can call quickly to mind. Right. So like, I'm just trying to think of a decision that would be affected by this. I mean, maybe perhaps this is more for me than our listeners even, but if I'm thinking it, they probably are too. Okay. Let me think about it. Like you mentioned how about the, um, you know, you have a fight and all of a sudden like, oh man, our marriage is going downhill. 
Okay. So, so, so that's an example of one of them. Let's capitalize on that. Think of it as like a lens that gets installed through which you start to see and know things. Yeah. Or understand them. And the most recent significant event is the lens. So we have a fight and then you you put the dishes down on the table and it sounds louder than usual and I'm like still banging dishes. But you might be in a rush, right? But now I'm precipitating the emotion and the event of the conflict forward into all these other things and it's becoming larger. And then you and didn't help with distress. the dishes and it's because you're still mad and Yes. Oh, so we're escalating it. We're escalating because of one event that may even have been roughly resolved or that we may both sort of at some level know we're resolved fairly quickly, right? Yeah. But it it just, it increases in size in the marriage. Okay. I thought it was like, you know, someone invites you over and you're like, oh, but Caleb and I had a fight. Maybe we shouldn't go. Like, that's what I thought you meant by decision making. Okay. No, it's the, the availability of the most recent large significant event colors everything that's coming next. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. That makes more sense. Because because that large event is front of mind. It's most available. That's why it's called the availability heuristic, right? Okay. It's most available. So it colors everything that follows. So that's where we're saying on the, on the positive side in marriage, like even, you know, if I did something great, you know, I might have a moment the next day, but that is more likely to get overlooked because the positive event is what's Still most available, forefront. right? Okay. So it kind of, it pushes the tone of your marriage in one or the perception of the tone in one way or the other. Hmm. Okay. Okay. That makes more sense. That's good to clarify. Very interesting. All right. Yep. Shall we wrap up? up? Thank you to Lee and to Mark who became patrons between this recording and our previous one. And remember, like as a thank you, we have all these bonus things on our patron page. So go in, check them out, do the work, really interesting stuff there. Oh, and we have an iTunes review. Yes, we do. So this is from Hector S. Leon. Five stars, impactful, practical, and a blessing. Caleb and Verlinda, just want to say thank you for pouring so much love and insight into your podcast. This has challenged me, showed me many areas of opportunity. That's a good way to put it. And given me tools, hope to be a better husband. Love you guys. So thanks, Hector. Yep. Thank you very much. We appreciate that. Yeah. We need to have like an iTunes, no, a review challenge. Oh. So like this week, you need to go and write us an iTunes review just because my self-esteem is bad and I have this cognitive bias that nobody notices anything I do. And she, so I- <laughs> she needs an availability heuristic to help her. <laughs> that's really bad. Okay. But go write us an iTunes review anyway. So that's good. Next week. Next week, uh, we're doing three more cognitive biases. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Reactance bias, mood bias, and confirmation bias. That last one is super common. Yeah, we talk about that one quite a bit, actually. Yeah, we do. All right. Well, that is all for today's episode. We won't talk about the confirmation bias today. You'll have to get it next week. But you can get the full show notes of today's podcast at oif.link slash 229. Find out how you can help. Go to oif.support. Thanks, and we'll see you next week. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is totally funded by listeners who support Caleb and Valinda in their mission to save marriages. If you would like to be part of this worthy cause, open your web browser to oyf.support. A minimum investment of $10 per month will help restore hope to married couples. Plus, as a patron, you'll gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Go to the website oyf.support now for more information. Thanks for listening to the Marriage Podcast for smart people from only you forever.